With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One thing we learned about episode three of Wrestling 411 from November 18, 2008, were the joys of live radio and live production. As you can tell uh, from this episode, we had some scratchiness with the audio. We had some phone systems that didn't work, so we could not get Kyle Klingman to call in. But uh, our guest was Andrew Hips. We talked about some of the things that were going on in wrestling that week. And Andrew Hips is the senior editor of InterMattWrestle.com. At the time, he was with RevWrestling.com, which eventually bought InterMattWrestle.com from the NWCA. So here is that interview again with some audio scratchiness, some fun hijinks, and basically how not to run a radio program. Episode 3 from November 18th, 2008. The wrestling for one one. Keeping the wrestling community locked down with the latest news and coverage tighter than any penny combination. This is the four one one wrestling for one one. This is the four one one wrestling for one one. Light speed coverage like electrical bolts. We up twenty four seven like a heartbeat's pulse. And this the four one one. If you want the results, if it happens on the map, then we gotta report. And this is wrestling man the realest sport that's around and if you didn't know about it this is how it's going down international coverage to them ncaa's everything on demand and you can have it your way with the latest recruits ranking spoken interviews who what when and where with the latest on the news want a technique tip or something really entertaining here's a double light glass that'll keep you motivated got you training like a madman getting it done on how to break him and take him until you make it number one coming fresh up off the press you were about to get some and on to the wrestling 411. This is the 411 wrestling. 411. This is the 411 wrestling. 411. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Jason Bryant here along with Andrew Hicks, our guest co host this week for Wrestling 411 from the studios of KOG in Minneapolis, Minnesota. We're here for a great episode. We're going to talk about several conferences, talk about what went on this weekend, and of course, we'd like to thank our sponsors before we get up and go. First off, it's AAU, the Amateur Athletic Union, and Frankie James in Campbellsville University Wrestling Camps, Brian Smith's Tiger Style Wrestling Camps, Tom Brands in Iowa Wrestling Camps, Cale Sanderson and Iowa State Wrestling Camps, Jay Robinson Wrestling Camps, Kevin Dresser of Virginia Tech, and Kevin Dresser Wrestling Camps, Bruce Burnett at the U.S. Naval Academy and Navy Wrestling Camps, Mark Manning at Husker Wrestling Camps, Coach Troy Sunderland, Penn State Wrestling Camps, Joe Baranek of St. Andrews Presbyterian Wrestling Camps, and Mike Ritchie of the Wrestling Camps at Southern Oregon University. We'd like to welcome Andrew Hips to the show today. Say hi to the people, Andrew. Hey, guys. And we're going to be talking about a litany of things. Of course, we can't really not talk about what happened this weekend with uh, two top-ranked wrestlers going down, with Jordan Lena, returning national champion, getting beaten by J.P. O'Connor of Harvard in the finals at the Binghamton Open, and Andy Rendas of Bucknell knocking off Nick Marable of Missouri. Yeah, both those were overtime matches. Um, the the O'Connor uh, victory over Lean didn't surprise me a whole lot. O'Connor's a two-time All-American, uh, moving up a weight this year. Jordan Lean was a surprise NCAA champ last year for Cornell. 
Um, you know, so I don't think that was a huge surprise to people. Andy Rendis uh, ranked anywhere between 17 and 20 in most rankings. Um, you know, that was a surprise. But Maribel's a defensive wrestler. Russell's a, a style that's, you know, he's hard to score on. So he has a lot of tight matches like that. And it's early in the season, so I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think it's a huge loss at this point. Well, also in that duel was a big win in the Missouri Bucknell duel was a big win by Derek Reber over Troy Dolan. Both of those are Pennsylvania double-A kids. Dolan, a three-time state champion. Reber, very tough in his own right, true freshman. And that was a big major decision for Derek Reber. Even though it was just those two victories followed by and coupled with Dave Marble's pin over Todd Shaver in Missouri, that's a, even though it was a loss for Bucknell, I think it showed well for Dan Wernsberger and the Bison. Oh, for sure. And, and Dolan for Missouri, I think Missouri expects big things out of Dolan, and he's 0-2 so far. He got Against pinned. Pennsylvania natives, nonetheless. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, they really, need, uh, they really need him to step up. You know, they have high expectations for Dolan. And we'll see how he does. You know, it's still early in the season. You don't know. It's a, you know, it's a big learning curve for freshmen at times. We'll stick with Missouri here as one of the conferences we're talking about this week on Wrestling 411 is the Big 12 as we preview our conferences. The Big 12 or Big 5 as wrestling fans like to call it with Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Nebraska, Missouri, and the Oklahoma Sooners. Always a very, very tight conference tournament. I'm not sure how many Big 12s you've checked out, but usually the team scores are relatively close between those top three or four, and then somebody usually crafts the bed at the tournament to finish that five. Uh, this, this might be an odd question. Who's not going to crap the bed this year at the Big 12 tournament? Um, in the Big 12, I think it's, uh, I think it's Iowa State. Like and, how I put you on the spot there? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I look at Iowa State as the clear favorite in the Big 12. Between two and four, I could see those going either way. You know, I, I think Oklahoma's at the bottom of the Big 12 this year. They don't have any returning All-Americans in their lineup. Two through four, I could see those going, you know, any way. Um, but, I, you know, with Iowa State, with six All-Americans returning, they're the clear favorite in the conference. Obviously, uh, second-ranked Iowa State, 1-0 on the year after a 39-0 win over Utah Valley of the Western Wrestling Conference, another conference we'll be talking about. Uh, Cyclones look pretty sharp in the opener, although Utah Valley not exactly the top 20 material right now. Uh, Cale Sanderson's team, all those great recruits from a couple years ago, juniors, they're seasoned, they're looking good, although at the Cyclone Open, a couple of them were pushed including a heavyweight David Zabriskie pushed by a Division II true freshman, Elijah Madison of Nebraska-Omaha. But, you know, early season jitters, we can get them out the way in heavyweights. You know, a lot of those things go into overtime, whether you're good or bad. So uh, Oklahoma State going to be a very interesting squad this year. A lot of, a lot of young talent going to be on that team as well as some, some you know, it's an interesting mix. you got transfers in. You got guys moving up, you got guys moving down, and you got some Oklahoma natives in there as well. Yeah, I like Brandon Mason moving down to 65. I think that's more his natural weight, and I think he's going to have a great season. You know, he's only been a one-time All-American, high expectations coming out of high school, and hasn't really lived up to his billing yet. I like Obi Blanc at 25. I think that was a great pickup for Oklahoma State. But as you, as we know, they have a great recruiting class coming in next year. I mean, the recruiting class that they signed this year is amazing. And I, I wouldn't say it's a throwaway year, but I don't see them as a team contending for the national title this year. I see them as a top 10 team, but I don't think they have the horses to contend for a title this year. It's been a long time since Oklahoma State wasn't a top 10 team. They had eight champs this weekend at the Central Missouri Open, formerly known as the Central Missouri State Open, but now they're the University of Central Missouri. As far as Nebraska, things could have been really good for Nebraska. Had some offseason uh, issues not impacted that program, but still a lot of talent coming back, some, some All-Americans, but also some youth. Obviously, a team led by Jordan Burroughs, member of the Fila Junior World Team over the summer, and you know, very solid team there. And Lincoln, not as not as good as though as they could have been. Oh, for sure. I mean, you put Paul Donho and Kenny Jordan in that lineup. That team's competing for a national title. They're still a very solid team, but they're going to need some guys to step up for them. You know, Vince Jones lost a wrestle off. That was interesting early on. It'll it'll be interesting to see how he does. He bounced back, won the Harold Nichols over the weekend. So, you know, he had 
high expectations coming out of high school. I, I think he'll have a pretty solid season for them, and they're counting on him to have a big season. Jones, a New Jersey native out of uh, Winslow Township. And now as we circle back to the Missouri Tigers, not exactly the best two showings in their opening matches against Lockhaven and Bucknell, although Bucknell did put up a little bit more of a fight than many might have expected, of course, keyed by that big win by Andy Rendos. But Missouri, they're looking for a lot of young guys to step up. They're a good tournament team with the points they got coming back, although, as you mentioned, people losing rest loss. Michael Chandler again and Emmanuel Brooks battled in a, a, another tight one. They're going to be back and forth for that spot all year. Uh, Chandler actually ended up winning the spot last year, and with due to an injury or whatnot or ineffectiveness at 174, Brooks ended up going 174 at the Big 12 Conference, and it looked re conference looked really interesting at 74 last year. I think he almost beat Brandon Brown, didn't he? Too. Uh, in a tight you, match you know, those were one of those one of those tournaments where you know we saw Tyler McCormick beat Coleman Scott last year with the sub 500 record to get into the into the tournament. He'd probably been a wild card anyway, even with his record. But Missouri's going to have to rely on guys like Dole and guy transfer like Todd Shabrin. Uh, Marcus Hone, a senior, uh, senior, has been there. Andrew Sherry, who kind of surprised people by winning the spot over Max Shanneman, one of those highly tatted recruits from two years ago, now actually seeing time for the first time. Raymond Jordan coming down to 74. Dorian Henderson out of Georgia, one of those young guns are looking to step up. They call him a diamond in the rough. Yeah, he's only wrestled a few years, I think four or five years, so he's relatively new to the sport. And they like him to mirror Jordan in terms of development because Raymond uh, coming out of North Carolina, not exactly the most – known about wrestler coming out of high school done very good his first three seasons an all-american coming back coming down a weight uh, one year i believe last year at the first round 184 pounds the entire first round had 15 takedowns i think jordan had 14 <laughs> in his match alone and of course oklahoma actually on paper looking improved this year uh that 40th place finish last year but we, before we go on to oklahoma uh at missouri at heavyweight too there's a hotly contested battle there you mentioned at 57 chandler and brooks battling it out Dom Bradley and Mark Ellis are battling it out at heavyweight, too. Mark Ellis was ranked in the top six by a lot of publications, and Dom Bradley's a highly touted freshman. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Those guys will be pushing each other all season. Uh, yeah, Dom Bradley coming out of Missouri, one of their, uh, the best heavyweights in the country in high school coming out. And it's odd that you know Chandler and Ellis were both wrestling at Central Missouri and both won titles, where Brooks and Dom Bradley both wrestled in the dual meets for Missouri this past weekend. But as we move on now to Oklahoma... You know, Eric Lepotsky now on the lineup, a transfer from, oddly enough, Bucknell, who beat Max Askren in the first round a couple of years ago at the NCAA tournament. Has a win over Hudson Taylor in his career as well. You know, Joey Fio coming back. You've got Zach Bailey, hopefully going to be healthy for a full season. Had a decent run at the championship, NCAA championships last year. But on paper, the Sooners do look a little better than that, last, than that showing did last year at the NCAA championships. Yeah, unfortunately for the Sooners, they have a lot of talent between two weight classes. They have four good wrestlers in 49 and 57. Kyle Terry and Will Rowe at 49, and Shane Vernon and Chad Terry at 57. So those guys have kind of been splitting matches. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there at 49 and 57. Yeah, the Sooners uh, will get Bedlam again with the Cowboys twice this season. Last year, Cowboys were pretty hand handily handy winners in the opening part, and then at the end of the year, the Sooners actually kind of bit them and got a very surprising dual meet win, only to end up without an All-American and way down in the yeah 40 in, something in the 40s. Uh, they, they finished behind. This, this was pretty much a sign of how that tournament went when they finished behind Old Dominion, UT Chattanooga, and Appalachian State at the NCAA Championships. Not, not exactly what you expect from a Sooner program. So that's basically our big at 12. Also, Kyle Klingman not with us today. He will be joining us at around 7.20, with Chuck Yeglup joining us from down in Fight Night down in Iowa. I'm not too familiar with the Fight Night thing. Obviously, I'm not from the Midwest, so maybe Kyle can fill us up. He explained it on last week's show. 
Also, we're talking about upsets as we get ready to jump into the Big Ten. Penn State upset this weekend by unranked Hofstra, 18 to 15. One of the more interesting matchups. And Andrew, you and I were talking earlier how you said on paper it didn't look like there were that many surprises, with the exception of obviously 174 pounds with Quentin Wright making his collegiate wrestling debut and knocking off an All-American and Alton Lucas. Yeah, I don't put a lot of stock in dual meets, to be honest with you. I'm not a huge dual meet guy. So on paper, nothing really surprised me other than um, Alton Lucas losing. You know, at, at, at the early part of the season with dual meets, um, you know, some guys aren't in the greatest shape. And, you know, I think these teams aren't, you know, they don't have their best lineup at this point. So, uh, you know, it, the results really didn't surprise me a whole lot in that duel. Well, as we said, the right got the start. Dave Irwin out with a year for an injury. Uh, Valamont tweaked his knee a little bit. It looked like at the end of the, end of the second period against John Bonilla Bowman of Hofstra. He was working on a major decision, ended up just kind of holding that to a decision. But what did surprise me about that is obviously Brad Pataki at 125 coming off a redshirt year and an Olympic redshirt. So he hasn't been on the mat in basically two and a half, three years. And losing to a true freshman, Steve Bonanno, a New York State champ for Hofstra, that seemed to be kind of the beginning of the end there for Hofstra, uh, for Penn State rather. Yeah, I mean, it can be tough to make the transition too from, you know, Pataki's been wrestling freestyle and he probably hasn't been wrestling a lot of folk style. So it's going to take a, you know, it's going to take a transition period for him to, uh, you know, I think he could be a great college wrestler, but... You know, he's still kind of in the freestyle mode at this point. As far as Penn State goes and the rest of the Big Ten, this is something Kyle and I have discussed in the previous two shows. But in the Big Ten, it's it's Iowa and everybody else. you agree? Yeah, I agree. It's Iowa and everybody else. I think Ohio State's got a great team. But I think Ohio State needs some guys, some of their young guys, to step up. I think Ohio State has a lot of talent on their team. But they just need to get to that next level. You know, they need to jump a level. Guys like Nico Trigas, Reese Humphrey, and, you know, some of those guys. As far as they got two returning national champs in the team with Jay Jaggers, I'm actually kind of finally breaking the habit of saying, no, I'm calling him Jeff, I'm calling him Jeff. <laughs> you know what? I'm finally saying, ah, the hell with it, I'm calling him Jay. So he's earned it, he's won a national title, he can call himself whatever he wants. And uh, another thing that would you know, possibly be a real factor for Ohio State is Corey Morrison coming back off a redshirt year at heavyweight, looking fairly solid here in the early going. Yeah, I think you know, just having Tommy Rollins to work out with his big and getting Cody Gardner in the room too to push him and – I, th I think Morrison could have a big season for him. Well, with Cody Gardner and Morrison, you're talking about two weights that aren't exactly that deep in the Big Ten, giving them chances. The, if the Buckeyes get them through, I, which is pretty much a safe assumption, to score some you know modestly notable points at the NCAA championships. And you know if they want to make that run, either the Big Ten championships or the NCAA championships, those are two guys that are going to have to actually pick the learning curve up. Obviously, Morrison, after a redshirt year, should have basically honed some skills down. He was really raw two years ago when he was in the lineup and a little undersized, but He's a solid 240-250 right now, and Gardner kind of resurfacing as, as people want to say rekindling that wrestling fire. Has had some tight matches early on, but has also you know won the NC State Open and has had two pretty solid dual meet wins already. Yeah, I think another guy that Ohio State um, is high on is Colt Sponseller. You know, a lot of people um, in Ohio at Ohio State thought you know he could potentially be an All American last season. Didn't get through the Big Ten tournament, was upset there, kind of. You know, started off really hot. I think he won, won, won his first 15 matches or something like that. It was really hot and just kind of... A lot of Kale talk coming in. Oh, can he go undefeated <laughs> four years, you know? But, no, I think he'll be fine. You know, I think, you know, just working out with Joe Heskett, you know, and I think he, I think he's going to be an All-American this season, or at least he'll contend for All-American. Now, as we, as we said earlier before we got on the show, you said Iowa, then Ohio State. And then there's that next group tier of programs, you know. Minnesota, Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Indiana, Penn State, kind of all in, in Northwestern, even to a, a lesser extent. Not necessarily this year. Uh, of course, not don't have the tournament power with Dustin Fox gone and 
you know, former NCAA runner-up Ryan Lang, also not along with the program anymore. But it seems like that group, it, it could be anybody's game, whether in dual meets, we saw the craziness last year with every, every week somebody upsetting each other, giving the rankings a complete shakeup almost hourly. And, of course, in the Big Ten tournament where, you know, who knows, Ohio, Ohio State was sixth in the Big Ten last year and finished second in the country. Yeah, I think three through nine, I could see those flip-flopping anyway. It, it's just going to come down to who wrestles the best at the Big Ten tournament. You know, I, I don't, like I said, I don't put a whole lot of stock in dual meets. You know, you see, you know, Minnesota, in fact, beat Ohio State a couple weeks before the NCAA tournament, and we know what happened at the NCAA tournament. Ohio State finishes second, Minnesota got 10th, you know, so. But we also see the importance of one match. What were there, four points, three and a half points separating, I believe it was six teams between second and eighth yeah. or something along those lines. I don't have those numbers in front of me, but Big Ten wrestling always exciting. In, in Iowa, of course, as I called them last week, the New York Yankees of college wrestling, the team everybody loves to hate, kind of like the Yankees. They were down there in, you know, kind of the 80s and then, Things fired up, and now we got Tommy Brands back in Iowa City as the head coach, and there's some renewed excitement there. You can't go five seconds on a message board without hearing from an Iowa fan, and I think that's exciting for the sport. And, you know, anytime you shake it up, but anytime there's that tradition that returns, I think it's it, it incites more tradition. Yeah, and I think, you know, Iowa really believes they can have 10 All-Americans this year. And last year they had nine uh, qualifiers for the tournament. Um, their 97-pounder um, was their only non-qualifier. And Chad Beatty, who expects to – who's bulked up, and I guess they're, they're talking expecting big things from him this year. Yeah, he's gotten a lot bigger. I mean, that's a lot of motivation. You know, you have six uh, – seven All-Americans last season. You know, every guy in their lineup expects to be an All-American, and yet Chad Beatty was the only guy on that team that didn't qualify for the national tournament. He's put on some size, and I think he's going to have a good season. But it was Chad Beatty, the wrestler that prevented Michigan from upsetting the Hawkeyes last year – with that late reversal over uh, Anthony Biondo at 197, that basically it didn't look good for the Hawkeyes going into heavyweight, and boom, there's there's Beatty saving the day. So that's one thing why I like dual meets. You don't put stock in the dual meets. I, I don't put stock a whole lot of them, but I like watching duels. They're exciting, especially when you got two of the guys that aren't exactly your All-American candidates duking it out. The match may hang in the balance there. Other teams in the Big Ten that you want to keep an eye on, I know Illinois is uh, very young this year. They started two true freshmen with B.J. Futrell and Jordan Blanton going 3-0 and this past weekend at the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Of course, the Big Ten went 8-1 and against the ACC in dual meets. Not exactly a huge surprise. But Mark Johnson's got an interesting squad there as well. Yeah, Jimmy Kennedy and Mike Poeta will uh, challenge for a national title this year. And like you mentioned, the two true freshmen, I think they're expecting big things out of those two guys. And Jordan Blanton was the co-Big Ten rest of the week this week by the conference, joining Dallas Herbst of Wisconsin, who actually broke Lee Kemp's School record for falls, also at the ACC Big Ten Challenge. And uh, Patrick Bond, one of your Virginia boys, he uh, he had a rough weekend, didn't he? Yeah, not exactly the best for, for Mr. Bond, actually. Him and Brent Jones had wrestled, I believe, five or six times when they were in high school. Bond winning all but one, and I think that one was actually a penalty point up in a tournament with Virginia. But then, you know, since then, Bond pretty much cruised. But that was a good win for Brent. Getting a little funky. He's very – he's a pinner. I don't know if you saw the footage of him and Dallas Herbst, and Jones throws him to his back in the opening seconds, and then Herbst just says, nope, reverses him, throws the deep half in, and pins him. But it's pin or be pinned sometimes when you're wrestling Brent Jones. And that was a good win for, I think, his confidence coming off the Herbst loss. I mean, that's right after. So he comes out and, and beats Bond, got two counter takedowns in the third period. Good win, as we talked about Brent Jones on Thursday of last show in the ACC. But Bond, uh, kind of inconspicuous performance. Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A very... Well, let's just say lackluster performance on the weekend, but still looking for his first placement at the podium. He's going to have to step up and, and wrestle like he does 
right before the Big Ten tournament every year. He always wrestles strong, and then you know Big Tens and CAAs have, have not been very kind to him over the years. As we go on, Michigan, a lot of a lot of young guys in that in that room as well. Yeah, Mike Watts though, still a very seasoned veteran at 125, still looking for you know some real success on the college level. They lost Josh Terrell. It's Hyrule Todd moving up a weight. It's going to be, I believe, an improvement as well as Anthony Biondo probably settling down at 184. But still a young team for Michigan. Yeah, I think Michigan is a much better tournament team than they are a dual meet team. I don't see a lot of balance in their lineup, but yet they have three potential national champions in Kellen Russell, Steve Luke, and Tyrell Todd. So, you know, I think they could do some damage at the national tournament. I wouldn't be surprised to see them take some lumps and duels this, this year, though. As we move on, as far as the dual meets, we mentioned Wisconsin going 3-0 and in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, but not exactly a, a very tough lineup up and down the line. They've got their studs, but they've also got a few holes there. Not exactly the most formidable team maybe in the Big Ten Conference as far as dual meet lineups. No, but Wisconsin has some young, talented wrestlers. You, know, you mentioned Ben Jordan last week. He's a true freshman. He'll, he, he's in the lineup right now. And another guy that didn't wrestle in the Big Ten ACC clash was Andrew Howe. He was, had an injured knee, so that's what kept him out of that event. But I look for Andrew Howe to potentially be an All-American. He uh, won Fargo this past summer. and actually, looked great in Fargo, too. Went through a, a gauntlet of a bracket to win it. Looked very, very good. He actually was uh, spent the summer in Madison working out with Donnie Pritzloff and the Badgers. So, you know, he's uh, he's been in Madison, and I think he expects to make an immediate impact for the Badgers. Do we think Howe's going to mirror Pritzlaff in terms of meeting the head tape? <laughs> the tape up the... We got a bleeder. Donnie's a bleeder. <laughs> it's always, always a riot when you know sit there two minutes into the match up. Oh, Pritzlaff's bleeding again, but yeah, great coaching, great technician. Uh, that should really do wonders for Andrew. Yeah, Howe. Pritzlaff was a All-American as a true freshman too, and I wouldn't be surprised to see how be an All-American as a true freshman as well at the same weight class. Indiana returning national champion Angel Escobedo. What else do we expect? Kirk Kinzer and Matt Coughlin embroiled in a battle at 157. Coughlin, a past All-American. Kinzer have been looking real good this year up at 57, been pinning everybody and just. Really solid, you know, with that sprint car driving background. He's kind of wide open going 70, 80, 100 miles an hour, not just in the cars but on the mat. <laughs> yeah, Andre Hernandez is another guy for Indiana. He was an All-American in 2007. Last year he was a national qualifier. Uh, I think they're expecting big things out of him as well. Uh, what do we see out of Purdue, uh, what about a Northwestern rather, with you know, Jake Herbert coming back off the Olympic red shirt, Jason Walsh seeing time to line up, Brandon Priest and returning All-American. What do we see out of uh, Northwestern this year? Yeah, I think, you know, obviously they lost some talented guys. And I look at Northwestern as sort of a rebuilding year, right, you know, this year. Um, they lost Mike Benefield, which was a big loss to them. He was a highly touted recruit coming out of Illinois. But, you know, I, I, I could see Northwestern in the in the 10 to 15 range as far as at the national tournament. Yeah, as a tournament team, probably a little, little more deadly with guys like Preeson and Herbert and Jason Welsh, depending on his development. Preeson beat Ben DeLeon. Five nothing or six nothing over the weekend, which is a good win. Yeah, Northwestern knocking off Kent State twenty-one to eight over the weekend at the Purdue duels, and leading in Purdue at three and zero. Not exactly testing themselves. They didn't wrestle Kent State or Northwestern, even though they uh, they don't wrestle Northwestern this year. But uh, did not wrestle either of the two ranked teams there. But did go three and zero. A little bit of a uh, you know, way to start off the season. A little bit of confidence for Scott Hinkle's team. Yeah, Purdue wrestles a tough schedule, so I think it's it's good to get some wins under their belt early on. You know, they'll wrestle at Midlands, they'll wrestle at Vegas. But, you know, they're a young team. They have uh, Luke Manuel's a sophomore, A.J. Kissel's a sophomore. And as we say that, we're going to bring on Kyle Klingman now from Fight Night. Kyle, how are you doing today? Can we hear you, buddy? Can you hear us? 
We're going to check out Kyle Klingman here in a second. We'll see if he can give us a call back, but uh, still working on that technology angle. So, Kyle, if you're hearing us, give us a shout back. We'll be right back. Anyway, well, we'll take a break and try to figure that out with Kyle. You're listening to Wrestling 411 on KOG Radio. We'll be back right after this. And we're back at Wrestling 411. We're going to try to bring Kyle Klingman back on. Kyle, are you out there in Radio Land? I say, Kyle, are you out there in Radio Land? I can barely hear you. Oh, Kyle can barely hear us. Let's check that out. How about now, Mr. Klingman? That is you. This is this is the joys of live radio, ladies and gentlemen. What you got? Anything? <laughs> I think we'll be editing this portion of the show out. Oh, nothing's better than dead air Sunday morning. Well, regardless, we'll figure something out with Kyle. We're going to keep rolling on with our conference tournaments. Well, hopefully that works for us out later. But, Andrew, that was rather interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. You say you haven't been on a uh, been in a radio studio much. How, how, does that, how does that feel? Yeah, see, the silence is deafening. Anyway, I'm going to try to bring on Kyle one more time. See if you can hear us. Kyle Klingman, are you there? I am, but I can barely hear you. Well, you can hear us. We can hear you, right? We're good? Well, you Kyle's got Chuck Yeager. Go ahead and, go ahead and so fire away. Guys, um, what I'm going to... Have at it. Well, we're going to have some technical difficulties with Kyle. We're going to bring him back on eventually. But uh, hopefully that will get ironed out. But as we talked about the Big Ten and the Big 12, got to love this live radio stuff, don't you? Oh, yeah. So this is a uh, production by fire. Hey. But uh, moving on, we're going to talk. go out east with a conference I know pretty well, the Colonial Athletic Association. And this is a conference this year. It traditionally has, has not been one people talk about in big wrestling circles as, as being the power because it's basically been Hofstra and everybody else since the merger from the East Coast Wrestling Association. But this year, that's, that's on paper, that's going to change. Is there's a, uh, a school not named Hofstra, actually preseason favorite in the Colonial Athletic Association. Yeah, Hofstra's won the uh, CAA the last seven years, so I still look at them as the favorite. But on paper, Old Dominion should challenge uh, Hofstra this season. Yeah, as far as the, the pride go, that big win over Penn State vaulted them in the rankings up to 16 this week in the USA Today NWCA Intermac Coaches Poll. So, you know, obviously now the Pride ranked above Old Dominion. Ryder also a very solid program traditionally. Not exactly a contender the last two years, but they got some guys coming back. Mike Miller coming back after being an NCAA qualifier two years ago. He's moving up to 197. Mike Kessler of Ryder, also a former NCAA qualifier, moving up to 157. And, of course, some Penn State transfers. Mike Ward in the mix at 184. Doug Umbahauer, 184. Doug in 84. Yeah, Mike Ward also in, the, in, in a transfer coming in. And... Jason Lapham from Penn State from uh, last year saw time at 65. So Gary Taylor is an institution at, at, in Lawrenceville, New Jersey. But uh, right now it looks to be a two-horse race between Hofstra and Coach Tom Shifflin at Old Dominion and Coach Steve Martin. I guess I'll talk about the CAA. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, Hofstra, not the deepest team on pay. They got solid. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Guys, Steve Bonanno had a big win at 25. Lou Ruggarello, match away from being an All-American. You know, beat Mack Ryder in the All-Star Classic. Was ranked number one in the country for time last year. Justin Accordino at 141. Very solid. Big win over Frank Molinaro this week. They lost Mitch Smith. He transferred out to West Liberty. So at 49... They're going to be working with some options there. 57, and, uh, you know, also some options there. Johnny Benia Bauman. Johnny yeah, Benia he, Bauman. Uh, yeah, he's tough. He's got a motor on him, and uh, he's going to be tough to beat. I think with him, I think, you know, he can get down four or five points early on and come back and win the match. Well, we saw that last year against Nebraska. He was down real early and ended up winning like 30-17 to 17 over Chris Oliver, so it was rather interesting. Oh, man, that was that guy, you're right, he does have a motor. It was a round of 12 guy last year, made the NCAA quarterfinals. Ryan Patrovich at 65. Alton Lucas, Alton of course. Alton Lucas, returning All-American, 74. Uh, Justin Dan's going to redshirt. You'll probably see Ben Clymer in there at 184, 197. Joe Fagiano transferring in, NCAA qualifier from Indiana. And Jordan Ank, uh, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. My old digs. They're in uh, Mannheim, Pennsylvania. That's where Mr. Ank is from, seeing time in heavyweight. Old Dominion's got some strong places with returning All-American James Nicholson at 25. He's a guy that it's kind of hard to say you can expect somebody to be an All-American again in a weight as deep as 125, but he seemed to come around last year and really had a good turn at the NCAAs making the quarters before he ran into Jason Ness. Yeah, I think with Old Dominion now, they're starting to get more national recruits. I mean, Nicholson's out of Iowa. You know, they're not just getting the Virginia kids and the East Coast kids. They're going all around the country to get these kids, and Nicholson's an example. They signed Justin Lavelle from Apple Valley, Minnesota, and uh, – Ryan Williams, he's from... He's a Pennsylvania kid. Pennsylvania kid. Actually, he was one of those guys, I remember there was a thread on the message boards talking about all these, all these great PA kids in the Michigan State Open, and they didn't mention Williams, and he wins it. Well, 149, Kalen Baxter coming back. He has had two real bad conference tournaments, but he's been among the nation's leaders in wins, has wins over nationally ranked guys left and right. 57, they're not exactly the strongest in the world. They could see Dan Rivera back there again, could see Joey Metzler, who wrestled really well at 40, 49. Uh, he's a Virginia double-A guy, a one-time double-A uh, state champ there at a Turner-Ashby High School. 65, Chris Brown, people know him based on that win last year. Has some good wins, has some bad losses. He's one of those guys that's very inconsistent. 74, they've got a two-ma- two-headed monster on figuring out. Eric Decker transferred in for Virginia Tech. Garrett Coffey, Pennsylvania kid there, saw, some, saw starting time as a freshman, redshirted last year. 84, they got Joe Buddy, a true freshman in the lineup. 97, Jesse Strawn comes up to 97. Wins the Virginia Te- the Hokie Open, pinning DJ Bruce and Virginia Tech in the finals, and then either David Wilson or Ray- Roy Dragon at heavyweight. So, on, you know, in paper, them and Hofstra is going to be a good dual meet, and it's going to be a good conference tournament. Other guys to look out for in the CAA, of course, Ryder is is not going to have the, the firepower. They're going to have guys Doug Abahauer in there, Eddie Bordis at heavyweight, conference champion. Heavyweight's pretty much wide open. 
George Mason's got a couple really strong kids. Uh, Banga Tudbayev, I believe is how you pronounce it. He's a true freshman from Mongolia at St. Benedict's Prep in New Jersey. They also got Denny Herndon and Brian Wright down at 25 and 33. Wright's at 25, Herndon at 33. Uh, Maurice Fleming, real kid to keep an eye out for. Uh, out of Maryland, wrestling for Mason. John Opplinger of Drexel. Drexel's got a couple kids. Steve Minich at 25 and John Opplinger at 97. Probably their two most known wrestlers. Thoughts? Reflections? I guess when you come out east, you, you come from out east, you kind of know a little bit about the, <laughs> the smaller conferences. But CAA two-headed monster, Sacred Heart also in the conference. Campbell jumped ship. They're now in the east region. We talked about them last week. And, of course, other teams, Boston University, Mike Roberts, you know, had that big win over Dustin Schlater he last year. Had a tough year. weekend, though. I think he lost. Not exactly the best weekend. Lost to Donnie Vincent for Binghamton, another team true in the freshman. CAA. True freshman. Binghamton's got some pretty solid kids. Vincent, never state champion in New York, but uh, dominated Binghamton Open at 49, beat Roberts, and then beat Walt Peppelman of Harvard in the finals. So there's some good kids in Binghamton. There's yeah, Papalizio's doing a good job out there. We'll see them at the Sprawl and Brawl Duels and Northeast Duels. They're going to... They're going, to get, they're going to see some big guns. They're going out to Stillwater this year for a dual meet. So that's basically the CAA in a nutshell as it's a two-horse race there. Now we move to the MAC where we have a two-horse race there as well. I hate to sound cliche when I say two-horse races, but it's really Central Michigan and Kent State this year. Yeah, Central Michigan has won the MAC the last seven years, but Kent State really likes their team this year. Um, I, t- with, with Central Michigan, I think it's going to be tough to knock them off the top spot just because, you know, they, they – Every year they're, they're shooting for the national title. They're shooting to be in the top ten, whereas these other programs like uh, Buffalo and Ohio and Northern Illinois, they're just shooting to maybe win the conference, whereas I think Central Michigan looks at it like we want to make a splash on the national scene. But Kent State really likes their team. They have good lower weights, Nick Bendelein, uh, Dan Mitchiff, and Drew, Lash- Drew Lashaway at 141. And then they have a talented freshman in Dustin Kilgore at 184. He was 27-1 as a redshirt last year. His only loss was to was to uh, Virginia's Rocco Capone at one of the open tournaments. And he was one of the very few redshirt freshmen that got ranked in the preseason by anybody. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's done well in freestyle. He, beat, he had a win over uh, the Boise State, Kirk Smith. He's, uh, I think he's 1-3 against him, but he's tough. He, actually, he went uh, 6-3 with Jake Herbert over the weekend. And he's the kind of guy, I think, with Kent State, he can sort of be like a Ben Asker, not to put them in the same sentence by any means, but he's the kind of guy that could – Kind of changed the face of a program. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, they, they look at a guy like that. He could All-American as a freshman, and guys can – they haven't had an All-American in 22 years. Yeah, so they I came mean, real close last year. Jermail Porter was, he was, in the was round literally of seconds away. And that but was, still, until you get that All-American, I mean, it's tough to recruit. Have you seen how big Jermail Porter is? I mention this, I think, every time I talk about him or write about him. He's like six foot eight. I mean, he's gigantic. I was, you see a five foot eleven heavyweight wrestler, he's shooting low singles, and – Porter's like, nope. So, you know, Porter's, he's actually very big, mobile, heavyweight, six foot, just imposing. I mean, I think he wins half his matches just stepping on the mat and people looking at him going, yikes. I guess maybe kind of a Brock Lesnar syndrome. <laughs> you step on the mat, you look at Brock, you basically pack it up. Uh, obviously, Eastern Michigan, a little bit of revival there. Derek Del Porto trying to put some wins together. They did have a couple wins. They had a win this weekend. Buffalo also backed up Appalachian State this weekend. Jim Beekner. Trying to get the things, the wheels turning over there up in Buffalo. Kind of a geographical oddity. Buffalo in the Mid-America Conference. Always thought that was odd. Uh, Northern Illinois coach Dave Grant and Joel Greenlee at Ohio have spot individuals. Northern Illinois 
of course, yeah, Tristan DeShazer moving down to 133. Yeah, they lost Duke Burke to Iowa State, which that is a big loss for him. Really too. hurt. They've got Scott Penny at 97. is a very formidable kid. He's a young kid. Probably could do some things for them down the line. So basically the MAC, Central Michigan, and Kent State both ranked this year. And the Golden Flash is Coach Jim Andrassi and Tom Borelli at Central Michigan. That's going to be a good duel meet this year. Yeah, it should be. Um, you know, I think uh, – I could see I could see that duel going either way. Both teams are pretty balanced. You know, it'll be interesting to see. It'll be like I said, it's going to be tough to knock Central Michigan off just because they've they've been the king of the conference the last seven years. Now, as far as kings of the conferences, I mean, you, you don't really when you talk West Region, it, it's Northern Iowa. They've they've won what twenty something in a row. I can't remember the certain poster on the message board that has the title of how many consecutive West Region slash West Wrestling Conference titles that Northern Iowa has, returning eight or nine qualifiers or something absurd like yeah, that. Yeah, they had six conference champions last year. And you know, how tough are they going to be in the Western Wrestling Conference? They're going to be tough, but you've got these other teams like Wyoming with Mark Branch stepping in as the new head coach. Uh, you know, I think Mark Branch has got two talented freshmen and Michael Martinez and Shane Onofer. So. Now, one thing people don't know about Mike, uh, Mike Martinez is when we were over in Baku at the World Championships, I'm standing there next to uh, one, of the, one of the USA Wrestling staff members, I go, hey, who's that? He goes, oh, it's Michael Martinez. He was working out with Cejudo. He was basically his workout partner out there along with his brother Angel. And I'm going to go, Mike Martinez. And I had to look it up, and I didn't realize he was on a roster at Wyoming. Yeah, I remember I emailed you. I actually saw him wrestle Escobedo out at the Northern Plains, and he looked really tough out there. I didn't realize he was on Wyoming's roster either, but he's a tough, he's a tough wrestler. Well, here's, here's one thing. We talked about this before we got on the show is – when a new coach comes in with type of energy, you usually see an immediate push, an immediate improvement. I think you're going to really see that with Wyoming this year. They're already got a win over Stanford, you know, big win. Then they hosted the Cowboy Open. You know, Mike Martinez lost to Tony Mustari in the finals in overtime, so that tells you right now he's ready to compete. Mustari, former junior national champion out of Northern Colorado, also in that Western Wrestling Conference. But you're going to see a level change. No wrestling pun intended. Level change, haha! Ha. You're going to see the, the level of competition change at Wyoming. They're going to go to the national duels this year, which they're probably a, I don't want to say a little overmatched when they go out there, but they're a lot overmatched when they go out there. But they're going to have a, a refreshing look on things. I think you know Steve Suter was an All American for them and guided them for so many years, and they've had some you know national finals and All Americans. But it's been a while now. Mark Branch coming in, any new coach like I was, I'm getting to him taking a long time to make my point mind you but new coach new excitement going to be some general improvements that first year year two you're going to see a little bit then you're going to see some drop off when those recruits start coming and you finally get your recruiting class in and then you kind of elevate again it kind of goes like one of these yeah i think he's got to change the attitudes of the kids out there you know he's not coming in trying to win western regionals you know he wants to make a splash at the ncaa tournament you know like when he was at oklahoma state and they finished seventh or eighth at the national tournament that was a disappointing season for oklahoma state but you know, Seventh or eighth for Wyoming would be huge. Oh, it would be huge, yeah. So, I mean, it's going to take some time, and he's going to be impatient, I'm sure. You know, he wants to win right away. He's been around successful programs, and, I, you know, I think he'll be a successful coach. It's just a matter of time. From one cowboy to the next, I mean, it's, it's pretty simple. But as far as the type of wrestling atmosphere out there in Laramie, I've never been to Wyoming, but Branch seems to be the type of coach that loves that type of atmosphere and will probably have a – good element of team building and camaraderie in that atmosphere being, you know, kind of the, the great unknown, the plant, you know, the plateaus and, and the mountains and the, the driving snow in Wyoming. I just think that's a good fit for him in that program. I also thought, I thought Terry Brands would be a good fit for it too, as he was rumored to be uh, a candidate for that job over the summer. Cause they're both outdoors type people. I thought either, either one of those choices was, was good for Wyoming. Also in the West region, North Dakota state was out there this weekend, had a chance to check out the bison open 
they got some some pretty solid kids. Northern Colorado, they host the regional this year. Tony Mustari coming in. They lost Reese Hopkins, their heavyweight, but there's some solid kids in that team. They're trying to keep those good Colorado kids in state. Now they're Division One. They don't have that. They've been there a couple of years. It's it's going to be strange, but Mustari is definitely the the guy on that team. Yeah, Kenny Hashimoto is a tough wrestler, too. The thing about Northern Colorado is they wrestle a brutal schedule. I don't know if you've looked at their schedule, but they duel, They already dueled Boise State over the weekend. They lost 39-3. I don't, was that this past weekend, or was that? Boise and? Uh, Northern Colorado. Oh, yes, that was uh, two weeks ago, two, two and a half, three. And they also duel Minnesota, Oklahoma State, Nebraska, and Michigan. So, I mean, they wrestle the top teams. And, of course, Air Force, as we were talking about, new coaches, Joel Sherritt now in another season there in the Air Force Academy. It very, it's tough when you're at a service academy. You usually have rosters of huge, you know, huge rosters, a lot of kids, but you're not necessarily going to get the blue chipper here and there. They're going to have to develop guys. Uh, I believe it was 2002 when they had three All-Americans under Coach uh, Wayne Bachman. But but they have the Big Ten influence with um, Joel Sherrod as the head coach, and then Bart Horton came from the Big 12. So they've got the Big Ten and the Big 12 mentality, and they want to win. Right. Actually, they, they get some real hard-nosed kids. I mean, you're at Service Academy. Yeah, you, you're pretty smart, but you're also pretty hard-nosed. You can't be – Exactly, a wuss, and try to go to service academy. Yeah, Stephen Crozier and Tyler French are their top two guys. And Derek Gillespie, a Virginia kid, can't can't throw his name out there. He's got a win over. He had a, he had a win over Tyler Nowman in high school, so that was that's interesting. Utah Valley still not eligible. This is the last year, so all you fans of the Wolverines, take a big, great big sigh of relief. This is the last time your kids don't have to sit out the postseason. And you know Ben Kiar, the, the twenty-five pounder. Hey, yeah, very tough. Former junior national champion. Lost a tough one this weekend to Tyler Clark or Iowa State. But uh, West Region Conference is probably going to be Northern Iowa again, huh? Yeah, Northern Iowa. And Wyoming's, Wyoming's on the rise. And actually, all these teams are on the rise. But I, it'll be tough to unseat Northern Iowa this year. Well, and that, we're talking about a region that's also got to grow. We, unfortunately, we lost Fresno State a couple of years ago because some athletic director has no clue running a department. <laughs> but we won't get on that. We won't go on that. Uh, that's Soapbox right now. We'll move on to the Pac-10 where another athletic director doesn't know how to run a department. But, again, we won't talk about Pat Kilkenny. Oh, wait, did I say that? <laughs> anyway, Pac-10, this is pretty much the easiest conference to call this year. Yeah, it's Boise State and everybody else. Boise State had a – what, they finished 15th in the national tournament last year. They had a great national tournament, and they have a lot of talent. The thing about Boise State is they're able to get a lot of the top recruits from out west, and they're doing – Gregor Randall's doing a great job out there. You know, I, I look for, you know, Boise State to dominate the conference. Yeah, this Utah, year. Washington, Idaho, Montana. That Pacific Northwest is, is sadly barren of college. Right? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wrestling teams on the Division One. Oregon State being the only other D1 out there, unless you consider Wyoming part of the Pacific Northwest, even though they do uh, pull Oregon and Washington recruits out there. Boise State, Arizona State, just thank goodness the program's still there. Uh, they're going to be a little better. They lost a couple kids to transfers. I think they're still going to be – they're going to have an all – I think Anthony Robles is a safe pick to be an All-American this year. Uh, I'm not going to put any, any light the fact that he has one leg, but his style uh, makes it very tough for him to wrestle. And if you're a first-time guy wrestling him, he's going to have a distinct advantage regardless just because he's very, very good at his style of wrestling, and he's, he's huge. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Jeroen's another tough 
41 pounder for Arizona State. Didn't have the best regular season, but really turned it on. Was a six seed in the Pac-10, got in the conference finals, and boom, was around a 12 yep. guy. Had a great draw at Nationals. Had had a great win over Dan LeClaire, who he had given fits during the season. Uh, he lost to him in overtime. And he's gonna. They're gonna face off maybe Friday night. This Friday, Iowa and Arizona State. I believe uh, the Hawkeyes have. Minnesota State, Mankato, Coe College, and uh, Iowa Central on Friday. I think it might. I don't have the schedule. I thought it was Friday morning and then Arizona State Friday night. That might be it. I'll have to check that out. But uh, all the information on that, you know, you can go a couple different sites. Maybe maybe Red Wrestling, <laughs> maybe Wrestling 411, maybe Intermat, maybe Matt. We well, could throw every site out there if you wanted to. T1 College Wrestling. Hey, hey Schlocky Wrestling Talk. Hi, I said it on the air. Peace, right? <laughs> We're having some fun. Also, teams watch. Cal State Fullerton had a good, good, solid year last year. Unfortunately, that could have been better had Wade Sauer not been injured and not wrestled in the NCAA championship. He has a year of eligibility left, but apparently that neck injury was just too bad. Cal Davis has a couple kids ranked, still looking for another type of Derek Moore situation. What else do we got on the Pac-10? Uh, Oregon State's tough. Jim Zaleski's doing a nice job out there. They brought in Michael Mangrum. I don't know if he's going to redshirt or if he's going to be in the lineup this year. Have you heard anything? Well, they didn't start Kelly Kubik last year. It was it was going to be a better option at 33 than they had that year, but I, I think they redshirted him. I think I don't know if it's just Zaleski's theory to redshirt true freshmen or not, but it might in some cases be beneficial to redshirt the true freshmen versus you know have Cohen Mangrum out there right away. But they've got Heinrich Barnes at 149 and Olympian. Out of South Africa, he wrestled the World Championship in 2007, was a Ju- JUCO national champion. Very, very bad Pac-10 tournament. That chalked that up to due to injury. He lost to two guys that he had tech ball during the year. So Heinrich Barnes, uh, one of the very, one of the few Olympians actually currently wrestling in college. I think Fullerton actually has another one. I think it was a Greek heavyweight. Oh, really? <laughs> I believe a world team member. But also around the Pac-10, Stanford first-year coach Jason Borelli, one of the youngest coaches in Division One. I'm actually older than he is. Uh, kind of a little bit, not exactly rebuilding effort there, but there's there's very solid kids there, and then there's places where they're not so strong, and they're they're more of a tournament team. It would seem guys like Amistaguchi Amist and they got some real solid Luke kids. These names I can't pronounce. Feist. Oh, Luke Feist is back at he's not back at 74 though. We won't we're not sure where we're seeing him. 84, 97, or even heavyweight's been rumored. So we'll find out about Luke Feist and Lucas and Ferraquato at, at 49. He was upset earlier in the year, so. Stanford, you know, you're going to get your one-two kids that are going to be real solid here. Looking for another Tanner Gardner to come into the program. Final thoughts on the pack, Dan? No? No? That's all I got. As we talked about, the CAA will basically wrap it up. It's Hofstra and Old Dominion, pretty much the favorites. The MAC, Central Michigan, and Kent. The Big Ten, of course, we talked about Iowa. Big 12, pretty much anybody's match, even though Iowa State is the favorite. The West Region, UNI. And the Pac-10 Boise State. Also want to thank our sponsors as we've got about 15 minutes to go here on Wrestling 411. Then we're going to open it up to basically just general talk with me and Mr. Hips here. But the AAU, Campbellsville Wrestling Camps, Brian Smith's Tiger Style Wrestling Camps, Iowa Wrestling Camps, Iowa State Wrestling Camps, Jay Robinson Wrestling Camps, Kevin Dresser, and Kevin Dresser Wrestling Camps, the Naval Academy Wrestling Camps, Husker Wrestling Camps, Penn State and Troy Sunderland Penn State Wrestling Camps, St. Andrews Presbyterian down there in Division II, North Carolina, and Mike Ritchie and Southern Oregon at the NAIA. Thank you for your support of Wrestling 411. Also, be sure to check out Wrestling411.tv as Kyle Klingman is on the road writing some updates. Had a great update today. I don't know if you had a chance to see it of uh, what's going on in the state of Iowa as he's down there fight night with Tom Brands, Kale Sanderson, Jim Miller, Brad Penrith, all those great Iowa coaches. I think John McGovern, the view could be there. So we get 
all the D3s in there. And just really, I have, I'm waiting to get his, get his feedback on this. I mean, I've never seen this type of thing before, so I'm curious on how it's going to work. What about you? You love that, you love that lead-in, don't you, Andrew? <laughs> but uh, while we got a chance, Andrew, why don't you tell us a little bit about RevWrestling.com and, and the last couple of years and what you started on there and how you, you know, risen from the ranks to the wrestling wall and now up uh, with Rev. Yeah, we started uh, October 2005, and we launched Rev Wrestling and uh, National Wrestling website. Um, feature stories, rankings, results. Um, you know, we're actually in the process of redesigning our site. We're going to relaunch our site. Re- new redesign should be launched in the coming days. But yeah, if you could check it out, that'd be great. What's the web address again? Uh, www.revwrestling.com. Revwrestling.com, and of course, they've got the rankings. We got the rankings. Although Andrew, I'm not going to throw this at you, but the 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 coaches poll came out today with the team, so we'll talk about those team rankings here. We'll, I'll leave the individual <laughs> ranking wars alone. How's that? As just got, we got like 900 rankings in our yeah. score, don't we? It's, it's just great. But anyway, nothing really changed in the uh, the top 25. Iowa still unanimously number one, followed by Iowa State. But the shakeups are Hofstra comes in from being unranked to uh, number 16 after the win over Penn State. They're two and zero this year. They blanked Wagner 53 nothing to start the year. Other moves: Maryland fell out of the top 25. Uh, receiving votes, Fullerton, Harvard, Maryland, Navy, Pitt, and Purdue. Lehigh, 2-0, and moved up a spot to 22 from 23. The other big move was Penn State, moving from 7 to 14. Also rankings that came out today, we've got a number one in the NAIA, as Lindenwood, of course, retaining their top rank, and McKendry moving into second. Menlo College of California, they just recently lost to Cal Poly over the weekend, but they're number three in the country, followed by Dana College, Southern Oregon, Great Falls, Oklahoma City, Missouri Valley, Dickinson State, and Notre Dame College round out the top ten. In 11th, William Penn, Cal Baptist, a first-year program, Coach John Petty, former coach at Northwestern College in Iowa, and Embry-Riddle, which is, oddly enough, ranked one spot behind California Baptist in the NAIA. Northwestern College, Montana State Northern, and Missouri Baptist tied for 15th. Campbellsville and Frankie James, one of our sponsors, coming in at 17. University of the Cumberlands. Not to be confused with Cumberland University, but the University of the Cumberlands in Kentucky ranked 18th. King College also in their Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia area. They're in Bristol right on the Virginia-Tennessee line. They're coming in 19th and tied at 20. A couple of Iowa schools, Briarcliff and Morningside. So, Are those dual rankings or individual rankings? I don't know. That's a good point because they've got total team points. It looks like it's a tournament ranking because they've got the total team points listed here. But uh, you don't put a whole lot of stock in dual meets. No. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, other things that we we can talk about this week is what's what we've got coming up. We've got the Missouri Open coming up this weekend. Uh, we'll have Brian Smith on the show on Thursday before I drive down to Iowa City on Friday, and then Missouri for the Missouri Hofstra match. Wrestling supporting wrestling. You'll see the commercial here on Wrestling Four One One and the Missouri Open. Then we got the All Star Classic on Monday. We got Omaha this weekend. This is basically another big big start of the weekend in wrestling. Yeah, I'll be checking out the Augie Open here, right where we are right now. Augie Open, little Division Three wrestling. I get to see a lot of Division One wrestling during the season, so it's nice to see some Division Three wrestling. Yeah, actually, this is the only place that uh, Zach Sanders had a loss last year. Is that correct? I believe it was here, or was it? A, I know it was to Seth Flodine, but was it at the Augie Open? Could have been. I'm not sure. Could have been because his only loss was to Flodine. But uh, as far as the Open tournaments, I was talking to Joe Russell over at the Bison this weekend. Oddly enough, I got I got to go to one of my favorite establishments in Fargo, North Dakota, and it wasn't July. The Bison Turf. Yes, that's a shout-out for the turf. Those of you 
who have ever spent any time with me for more than five seconds in Fargo know my love for that that particular uh, establishment. Buffalo Burger, man. People say, uh, Joe Russell said, you don't start the wrestling season without a hot dog at the Bison. Well, I'm changing mine up. It's going to be a Buffalo Burger at the Bison turf. So I don't know. Just weird not wa- walking into the Bison Center and seeing six mats, seven mats of competition and not seeing 24 in the Fargo Dome. So it's also a lot colder now than it is in July. Minnesota had eight champs there. What did you think of their performance? You know, I was most impressed with, with Mike Thorne at 141. He's a guy that was thrown to the wolves two years ago at 33 yeah. when Mac Ryder had, was recovering from his ACL surgery before well, was was pretty much out with the ACL. And I thought he looked real good. He looked big. And Gabe Mooney is not exactly a small 141-pounder no. by any means. I mean, he's, he's not very tall, but he's, he's you know, as wide as, like, you know, a door from a garage door. I mean, the kid is big, and Thorne really, really handled him pretty well. I was really surprised. He, he looked a good full-size 41-pounder. Uh, Rylan Geiger, I thought, looked pretty decent as a, a true freshman at 97. Uh, he wanted Burhau and, you know, Atticus Disney and Joe Nord. You've got three real deep, you got depth there at heavyweight. Atticus uh, was in the finals against Burhau. I think Ben spent more time looking for a contact lens <laughs> post match. I've actually got video of that. You can actually, we'll probably even maybe show that, like kind of like you, you're seeing maybe right now. That's a hint for you guys that are going to be watching later at home. But Burhau, you know, he won an overtime of Atticus Disney, a true freshman from Kansas. Uh, Ness looked solid at 33. just wasn't tested. Sanders looked good at 25. And it was basically a Minnesota-North Dakota State dual meet in the finals. Yeah. Now we'll wait to see. What we didn't see, we didn't see a wrestle off at 49. We didn't see Mario Mason wrestle in the finals. We didn't see Schlater and Zafertovich at 57. A further adding to basically the biggest question of the year when it, regarding Minnesota wrestling is, is Dustin in a red shirt or is he going to go? I expect him to red shirt this season from talking to a coach in the program. I expect I don't think we'll see Dustin on the map this season. I mean, we'll see him at opens for sure, but yeah, it's people going to have a bunch. Of, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've, you know, why would Safford Tillich be down at fifty-seven? That's a good point. That's that's the other good point to make. And Glasser be at sixty-five. So it's who knows. But uh, Dustin's definitely got. I, they're definitely stronger, I think, for next season. But you know, if they're going to make a, if Dustin's not in the lineup this year, then I don't think they can really contend for that Big Ten title. But as we circle back to the Big Ten, but I thought. Dustin looked good in matches. That Mario Mason, I thought, looked really good, too. A uh, couple, couple of brothers won it, or co-champs, uh, wrestled from Concordia and North Dakota State. Uh, I believe you can pull it up by the, the Monkey Dicks, I believe, were yeah. their last name. They, they, were, they were co-champs there. One wrestling D3 in Concordia and the other at NDSU, so they co-champed there. And one of the best throws I think I saw all weekend was at heavyweight. I think you saw that in our wrestling 411 introduction for the first time for those of you checking it out at home. But... It's basically been uh, been a lot of fun here. Andrew, thoughts on uh, the show here? I enjoyed it. I appreciate you having me on, and I uh, I, I support all you're doing, and I, I love to get behind it, and I hope everyone gets behind the program. Well, it's been a lot of fun. Like I said, we got a, we got a web assault. We, we're basically we're in this everywhere, everybody. So we can't do it without the the thanks and the donations. A little from a lot's kind of our, our our campaign here. We've gotten a couple donations this week, and we're very gracious for that. And those coaches that are that are you know doing their camp sponsorships, those tournament sponsors that are just adding one dollar, one dollar is all we're saying. Hey, tack on a dollar if you host a little high school tournament, you want to help us out, help out the sport of wrestling, get it on television, provide a, a weekly medium. We're doing this twice a week. We're post-producing this twice a week. We're about to see how you know all hours this takes. This is for basically more mainstreaming of getting wrestling. We can put this on television. We can. Put it on all sorts of engines. We're on radio here at KOG. I'd like to thank our hosts here at KAUG Radio on the web at KOG Radio. So, 
it's 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 a labor of love, and we're really enjoying it. And uh, I'd like to thank Andrew for coming out here, being on the show today. And it's kind of odd not having Kyle sitting here. I'm not used to not seeing a visor. We got a, we got a Twins hat, so. You Twins fan? Yeah, big Twins fan. Minnesota. Oh, I was just, by the way, not to talk, get off the subject here, but uh, I was wearing my Tampa Bay Buccaneers jacket yesterday around Minnesota. Man, I loved it. <laughs> I loved. It. I'm a Bucks fan, so I walked in a couple gas stations, got some dirty looks. <laughs> Overall, people out here in Minnesota have been great. Have been great. Everybody we've dealt with. Uh, big thanks for everybody involved in the show. It's post production. But basically, that's basically going to wrap us up for today. I've said basically five times in the last twenty seconds. <laughs> But uh, you got to love how this radio thing works. So once we figure out how this radio thing works, we'll be back with you. But for Andrew Hips, I'm Jason Bryant with the really worst radio show closing you've ever heard. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. But we'll see you on Thursday with Brian Smith here on the Wrestling 411.